Welcome to the Lost Traveler podcast. I'm your ever-loving host, Henry Cameron Allen, and today we pick up with part two of our special on unlocking human capital with the retired spy himself, Operative 431, J.J. Brunt. Let's pick up where we left off. I was listening to uh, some past uh, uh, podcasts, and you had a gentleman from uh, from Canada uh, mm-hmm. who worked worked in Canada that uh, specializes in trust, and uh, yes, and then I was listening. I was listening to him. So you've claimed victory. You're not a victim. You know, you lost your son, Cameron. And then I connected why Henry Dash Cameron, as you were talking, that's, oh, look, he left, oh, that's his son's name after his name. So the legacy continues. I'm like, oh, I was like, I didn't connect the dots before. And, and then when you shared. It's also story. a mathematical equation. It's, it's Henry minus Cameron. Oh, my gosh. Right. Because and, and it came about before there was a word that we that came in a dream, Peregrine. A peregrine swooped down, the falcon, looked up at me and said, It's time. And I woke up and I knew exactly what it meant. And you know, I'm so going to share your story. It's, it's uh, thank it, you. It's an important story, I think, and it's universal. And and when we talk about I'm trying to change the the lexicon around uh this experience of mm-hmm. Passing of our children, because uh, I, I, I I'm I'm swaying away from the word loss. I know exactly where he is. I didn't lose yeah. him. I lose a set of keys or my favorite scarf. I know exactly where he is. I don't feel like I've lost him in that sense because he lives in me and through me now instead of outside my body. And I think that's a really important part of the grief journey is the acceptance of the mystery that is death, that we are not, it's another universal life skill that we are not adequately taught to meet and to know how to elevate within ourselves. We are all gonna grieve. And it doesn't have to be the grief over a loved one. It could be the grief over a job or a position or a house that burned or whatever, you know, a pet. It could be anything, but we all experience it. So I say, let's go deep. Let's start to explore on the quantum level, the dimensions of grief so that we know how to meet them because they do equate. I really believe this. You're in Spain right now? I am. I want to stay connected with you as and I'm like, there's this, I'm like, I need to, we almost need to do a little retreat and gather all these people together and, and. You know, you're saying all the right things. Absolutely. I keep inviting people. I have, I have three guest rooms in this house. It's a four bedroom house. I'm renting for 200 bucks a month. I mean, it's crazy cheap here. What? So, yeah, no, I'm serious. It's so inexpensive to live here. And that's why we were. Euros or? No, well, euros, but they're, they're very close right now. Okay. And this is why I, we, I was in the UK, remember? And I was yeah, that's more expensive setting setting the home base for the Liminos project in the UK. Uh, this was pre Brexit as well, so we knew Europe was where we wanted to launch it from, uh, and the UK at that point felt like it made sense. But then I came here because of one of those weird coinky dinks that happens, and I ended up coming to visit my aunt 
who lives here in a tiny oh, village. Okay. My village has 700 people. Hers has 150, more akin to the one you grew up in, right? Tiny and remote. The closest city is about 40 miles away. And, and I came here and I got stuck during COVID. There's that COVID again, given all the gifts. And it just made sense that we reform our vision for home basing our touring company to be here in Spain versus the UK because of the cost. Housing. COVID got me to do training online more as in yeah. I was already, I already had an impact globally um, because I've, um, in 1999, I got certified as a uh, human behavior consultant with uh, personality insights in the States. Today, mm -hmm. I hold the highest status as an again, executive master trainer in the four temperament model of human behavior. Like there's so many models out there. Pick one, master it. And when you're talking about the arts in regards to how an, an actor has to project a certain persona. Sometimes they have to be more direct in that, that persona, direct, demanding, decisive. But another persona has to be more inspiring, influencing, uh, interactive. Another persona has to be more in a um, supportive manner, supportive, sweet, shy. Uh, and sometimes a persona has to be more cautious, calculating, conscientious. So your role will evolve, will evolve in the four main personas, but then they blend together for, to discern 41 different style blends. So I specialize in that area because I trained, uh, I train trainers. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I can train them and I, I, can, I certify them in the, in the four temperament model of human behavior. Uh, the RCMP, which is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, I train their trainers. Uh, the Canada School of Public Service, so it's the, 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 the highest institute uh, for uh, civil servants. So I train their trainers in uh, for their management and supervisory leadership roles. Uh, CRA, Canada, Canada Revenue Agency, I train their trainers uh, in their leadership program. So you will often find yourself at a disadvantage, whether it's in business or in your personal life, if you don't have a model of reference. Right. And, and actors have that. They actually do study in regards to understanding human dynamics, the personas, how to project more outgoing, how to project more reserved, how to project really task focus and cold and, and, and uh, defiant, but how to project more uh, illogical yeah. and, and self-sacrificing uh, demeanors so that your audience will connect to a certain persona. A lot of the TV uh, series out there will have the different personas because, oh, you like this one or you like this one. Right. I was born and raised with Gilligan's Island yeah, me when too. it was black and white. And, and then, uh, well, who know the skipper? Well, yeah, the skipper was more of that direct, <laughs> demanding persona. Uh, and who was the S? Well, Gilligan was the S, you know, the, the supportive, steady, shy and you know, clumsy. But it's like everybody loves Gilligan, who was the, the the inspiring? Well, that's the movie star. That was Ginger, and look at me. And recognition is the key for her. Professor, the who is the who is the intellect? Well, that's the professor, right? And he actually made a a dentist chair one time that you had to pedal for the drill. That's and perfect. I'm like, you can make a dentist chair, but you can't build a raft to get out of the off the island. I was anyway, the same boat. <laughs> but the the personas, and you see these as in Seinfeld had the four personas, uh, uh, Big Bang had them, Friends, 
and they they they, they tend to stand the the, the they the, what's to say the Wizard of Oz. I mean, is a great example of that. I mean, yes, it's like the prime example, and that's a that's a hundred year old story plus. That's one hundred and twenty three yeah. years old. That story, yeah. you know, a lot of people don't realize that it was originally written in nineteen hundred. Right, so these are things that have been with us. I mean, way back to medieval times, the four temperaments, you know, all of that. We learn these things as actors. This is why I encourage people to get in community theater productions, because this is what I was talking about. We are reflecting the human condition in truth. I was sharing this with, um, like COVID got me to do training at the university, Ottawa University. So I trained mm -hmm. a program on uh, influencing and leading others. Well. I converted it to a behavioral base mm. because you would influence the same way. You need to discern one's preferred communication style. You need to decode their human capital. You need to know before you show right. so that you can influence into a desired outcome. Some are looking for results, but others like, no, they're just looking for all the recognitions. Well, that's a different way of influencing. Others they just sincerely want to build relationships, long-term relationships, but others they just want to understand the reason why you do the things you do. So, and when you understand, you don't take things so personal and uh, you can have a conversation with people versus a pointing the finger discussion oh, uh, with people. And I'm like, you know, if, if you ever put an event together, um, uh, I'd be more than happy to provide uh, an overview of uh of the model because I, I teach this now at the uh, at the university how to make sense of the people puzzle in times of change yeah uh, because we all have our good days and we all have our bad days yeah uh, law enforcement when they're called in i do a lot of work with them uh or the first responders when they're called in they're called in when you know when people are having a bad day 90 percent of the time when they're called in it's not because people are having a good day it's when people are having a bad day they're out of control or ungrounded and they have to bring them back under control in order to influence them to a, a, a safe outcome at the end. Um, you, you, my gosh, I'm, I really like the, your, your talk about leaving your mark. Um, have you ever heard about the parable of the pencil, Henry? Uh, remind me. The five things that you can learn about a pencil? Go ahead. Uh, I can see you, but they won't. So if they find, you know, this is a simple instrument, right? It's a, it's a pencil. So the story goes that the manufacturer, the creator, the inventor of this pencil um, says to the pencil, before you leave, there's five things that you must learn and never forget. Number one, in your life as a pencil, in order you can be uh, usable, number one is that you first have to be willing to be placed into somebody else's hand. You cannot be usable in your life as a pencil if you're not willing to be placed into somebody else's hand. Beautiful. Number two, you're going to go through some sharpening in your life as a pencil. It's going to hurt. But let me encourage you, you're going to be better because of the sharpening in your life as a pencil. Number three, you're going to make mistakes as a pencil. I know. That's why I placed an eraser at the end. Right. Number four, your true core value is found on the inside, not on the outside. It's not your shape. It's not your size. It's not your color. It's what I place inside of you that you'll find your true core value as a pencil. And number five, and the most important one, never, never forget that you were designed, created, and invented for one thing and one thing only. 
and that's to leave your mark on every surface you come in contact with. Mm. So when you shared your uh, five associations that you're seeding into, that you're leaving your mark, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's living the parable of the pencil. Because number one, right, we have to be teachable. Yes. Like as a consultant, as a coach, if you're not teachable, I can't, I can't do anything. Are you teaching? Do you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? Fixed, I can't work with that. But a growth mindset, I can work with that. Are you teachable? Number two, guess what? We're going to go through some sharpening. Yeah. Life provides us these character building moments. And it hurts. My gosh, I, I can't, I, I don't know how I have never lost a, a son or a daughter. That, that's that's a life character building moments but you're 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 communicating not as a victim but as a victor and we can receive your teaching your learning so that sharpening that like provides us that opportunity we're going to make mistakes in our life that's number three that's the eraser we've got the right you know, to start over with the information we have today right. our past does not dictate our, our future our past does prepare us for our future but it's not the end state and it's it's that and we've got the right to use that eraser our true core value oh my gosh you need to understand your strengths right. uh and that's by uh, studying and, and finding a model that that you understand understanding the human dynamics understanding your strengths but also understanding your uh your blind spots how do you protect yourself from yourself as you move forward? Right. Uh, but you're here for a reason. Number five is you're not here by accident. You're here to make a difference in people's lives and, and to leave your mark on every surface you come in contact with. And it could be somebody, you know, at, you know offering a smile at, at uh, the teller at the, at the grocery store or the gas station or at the postal office. Right. I'm just just you know giving a little extra unexpected little gift uh, of gratitude of service, whatever, but leaving your mark. So as you were sharing, I'm like, my gosh, he's living it. Right. Not just in one area. He's leaving it as in many areas and your podcast because I, you're nominated in two areas. Twice. And I'm like, yeah. talk about leaving a legacy. That was surprising to me. And I, I you know, I know it sounds it sounds sort of old hat to say, oh, it's an honor just to be nominated. But it's true. It is. Because it's a People's Choice Award. That means people are listening. Sponsorship and listener support of the Lost Traveler podcast benefits the Lost Travelers Club, a volunteer-operated charitable foundation under United Charitable, a 501c3 public charity. Peregrine is the proper noun we now use to describe a parent who endures the loss of their beloved child, forever carrying their memory, and embarking on a lifelong journey of grief, resilience, and hope. The Lost Travelers Club provides programs, resources, and empowerment opportunities for peregrines globally who are navigating their grief journey. Parents of child loss, getting there together. You can support this important work by becoming a sponsor of this podcast or visiting www.losttravelers.club for more information or to make a donation. Thanks for listening and for your continued support.
And, you know, I, I love the fact that you're talking about the whole victim versus victor thing. I, I carry that a lot in my counseling work uh, as well, which I call guy wire. You know what a guy wire is? A construction. It's those, okay. those cables, those strong cables that yeah, yeah, yeah. lend support to a freestanding structure until it is solid on its own. And so that's what I do. That's really mm. what I feel my my is my overarching work. Um, in 2014, I got a call from the UN asking me. They were familiar with the work I was doing in theater and and life skills education and mentoring, and they said uh, that they wanted to send me to Fiji to uh, for two weeks to develop a workshop in creative activism using folkloric theater as a tool for positive change, working with youth in their country, because especially the indigenous youth, because they were very, very much, uh, I don't know, at a loss. They were lost travelers. <laughs> they, they were moving from the first, from, from a series of, of uh, military dictatorships into the first democratic elections in over a generation. And they were skillless. They, they did not know how to move forward. And so they sent me there to help. And I didn't be, I didn't want to be the big white American dude, you know, come on, little brown people, <laughs> how you do it the American way, but yeah. which a lot of people do, you know, right. and I, I, I had to lead it out of them. That's really what education means is to lead out of, as if drawing water from a well, all the information's already in there, but sometimes it takes an educator to mm. help lead that information and that awareness out. And I had 30 young people ages 18 to 30 in this group. I split them into two groups. And one of them uh, had formed a band and they wanted to create a new song for a new day for their youth to inspire. And they said, can we, can we play you the song? I said, yeah, please, because I'm a musician as well. And I, I appreciated that gesture of music and wanting to use it as a tool. So he pulled out his, his phone and started playing the track of the song. And it was very slow and plodding and very, the lyrics were, you know, we are the victims of an oppressive government and da, 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 and please won't someone come and help us because we are, you know, failed. Da, da, da. And accidentally his finger pressed the button, accidentally I say in quotes, and it jumped to the next track, which was this upbeat kind of reggae vibe. And for the first part of it, everybody was hunched over and just sort of like, you know, curled inward and just sort of nodding. Yeah, we are victims. And then when this music changed, when the rhythm changed, they all sat up straight. They started moving their bodies with the rhythm and they smiled. And and I said, stop the music. Did you see what just happened there? Yeah, yeah, it was an accident. I didn't mean to push the button. I said, no, 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 no. I said, go back and think about the shift that happened in you with this frequency change, right? And I asked them, I said, I listened very carefully to the lyrics of your song. And I understand, I hear you, I see you. And not but, but and. Yes, very good. Yeah. Tell me, what is the opposite of victim? And not one of them could. 
We oh. sat there for minutes of silence while they were all, I could hear the wheels turning. And this one gentleman sitting next to me, he was about 23, like six foot eight and big as a mountain and had this rumbling voice. And he said something under his breath. And I said, Wate, would you say that loudly so everyone can hear? He said, Victor? I said, that's right. You are already victorious because we are sitting here having this conversation. Do you know how many millions of people in the world did not wake up today? But you did. And that means something. So let's do something with that. Let's start with the gratitude of that and recognizing that you are already 100% victorious, that you have survived not only what you've experienced in your short lifetimes, but you've survived what your parents experienced, their parents, their parents, their, all the way back to our common ancestor in East Africa, right? The mitochondrial Eve, all that suffering, all that joy, all that love, all that hate, all that war has led to this moment. And that matters. Let's notice that. And that was the foundation that we built this wonderful uh, program called Stories to Tell, Talanoa Manda in their, in their Bao dialect, which means stories to tell because everything else had been through dance and music. It was very taboo to speak your history. How many languages do you speak? I am fluent in Portuguese, Spanish, and English, but I have little bits and bobs. I, see, I grew up in the world that you went into as a profession. My dad was was Foreign Service, U.S. government. Uh, my stepmother was CIA. I mean, I, I grew up in that that whole world that you described. Uh, that was my you, you Do you find it difficult when you're visiting a country not to pick their accent? I always having flashback when you're talking like with the Sometimes, German accent. Yeah. Sometimes like, I, it if I happens. go to the UK, the Brit accent, and then it, it's like it's a rhythm. We'll turn to an East Indian accent. Um, when you were talking, making reference to the German, the German, I remember the German Coast Guard story, and and I'm like, oh my gosh, because I get in. Sometimes I can get into trouble. Mm -hmm. I just pick the dialect and I just go with it. And and some will receive that. Some yeah. will oh, you're making fun. No, of. it's a rhythm. Listen, it's a rhythm. Human beings, before we ever developed speech, we sang to one another. It's all about tones and pitches and mm -hmm. and projecting your voice and projecting your intention through your voice. This mechanism in our throat, this little voice box is not designed for speech. Speech is actually very hard. That's why at the end of a day, your voice is fried, right? But if you sang all day long, I, I, you would be totally fine, right? You think of the, the, the cultures that exist around the equator, right? Even around like as far as the Mediterranean and you, you hear the high pitch and the low and all of that, it's all music, right? But then the farther away from the equator you get, the jaw gets tighter and everything gets like this. And you do, do, do <laughs> move the mouth, right? <laughs> but that's that's because the weather was colder. I mean, it, it, and all they had were animal skins, right? So, so of course, <laughs> living in North America, you know. You see the my, last partner, my last partner in, in, in Bosnia was German. Yeah. 
and I still remember his name, Einhorst Horn. And when you're in this, when you're in the in the safe house, you you get branded, you, you get a nickname, yeah. right? You're, you're accepted. We had a, a guy from Madrid, and uh, we couldn't pronounce his name, but uh, he became Taco. Yeah. Uh, and then, hey, Taco, run, run from the border. And, uh, and, and, and he, would, he would always want to look at the news in Madrid, that the, the weather, not the, the news, the weather in Madrid. Yeah. And it was like, taco, it's like, it's the same thing. Scorchio, scorchio, scorchio. It's like, every time it was like, scorchio. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's the same, but he needed to hear, right? And I'm like, oh, scorchio. And my partner, Einhoz Paul, it's like, hey, well, you know, uh, Einhoz. Rain, reindeer, no, hein, hein, sprawl, sprocket, sprocket, sprocket. Yeah. Uh, but he was the slowest, more like he was very reserved and very, very task oriented. Everything had to be um, logical. And then he would say, why? Well, you know, Heinhold, everybody has a nickname here. And how about, because uh, he was slow, how about Sparky? Yeah, I mean, that's just the opposite. It's like, you know, we'll call you Sparky. Why? Uh, my name is Reinhold Spro. And it's like, uh, Sprocket? Rain? Reindeer? And he goes, why? He was always, why? And then at the end, every time we'd go someplace, hey, Reinhold Spro, like first name, last name. That was that was his nickname, Reinhold Spro. So, and it was it was funny. And he, he it's like, he had a calendar because uh, we were uh, in the same room because you, 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 when you, um, you, they make sure that we, um, that the whole team doesn't disappear at the same time. So there's a rotation every three months. So you lose your partner after three months and then a new partner comes in so that you rotate and you keep a, uh, the movement or the, the contacts that you're running. Um, and Reinhold brings a, a calendar with all of the religious days on the calendar. And he's making a big point that because of all these, you know, there's, this is the, all these, uh, not holidays, but we, are we supposed to work on those days? Peace. And I'm looking Peace. at his, like, he has all of them. And I'm like, are there any days open? Nope. It's like we're not here as a tourist. We're on a tour, and the first three months was underneath the uh, the British uh, I four implement uh, uh, implementation force. Mm -hmm. So we were working seven days a week. It's like no, there's no. It's like, and I was not the best because I was new at this. Mm -hmm. Summer had some very good uh, field time and experience. Uh, I just outworked them. We were the first team out at seven o'clock in the morning, and we were the last team in at seven o'clock at night. Then every then you would write all night. You rewrite, you reread your your reports, and then you you go on the next day. And then you just go and you you meet people on a regular basis, and you just keep on getting a sense of what's happening. At the end, we had a, a hundred eyeballs working. Uh, well, at least for our team, we had a hundred eyeballs working for us, uh, or at least telling us what's what's happening uh in their part of the obstina uh that we're in and and Einhol had a hard time of vibe vibe and uh and then 
it, we were hitting the, the month of December. And so we were changing now. Now it was an American-led mission. So it became S4. That means that we have to change the vehicles. We're now using North American vehicles versus European vehicles wow. uh, from Land Rovers to GM products. Uh, and there's a lot of European that would roll the vehicles because the American uh, vehicles are power steering and they're very bouncy, big tires, like a, like the, the Tahoe, but the smaller mm-hmm. version anyway. So a lot of Europeans would roll them because kind of uh, overcompensate. But we went from an I-4 to an S-4, stabilizing force. And, and when we were hitting the month of uh, December, Reinhold was like, we're still working. Yeah, it's not a vacation. But now the Americans imposed a light day on Sunday. Mm-hmm. All my guys were doing things on Sundays. Like on Sundays, all of my all of my guys were blowing things up on Sundays. And then we, because we were in Medjugorje, it's uh, up, up high in the mountain areas, you would hear the explosion. You know, oh, okay, ethnic cleansing. So because they had rebuilt a, a new village. Yeah. And and then uh, my guys would take line would take mines like, uh, and then they wouldn't use four of them. They were very strategic. They would only use one or two so that the whatever the pillar of the house was, they would blow one or two so that it would it would pivot, and and now nobody could live in it. So mm-hmm. they were like, oh, very uh, very wise in their uh, usage of explosives. Uh, and then you, you you would just see a pattern as in big explosion. Okay, that was more, uh, they don't want a certain uh, culture to live there. Uh, if if you didn't pay your taxes in downtown Mostar, because they have a lot of coffee shops, if you didn't pay your taxes, they would throw a grenade because what? you didn't have a sticker, right? You didn't have a sticker oh. that, that protects you. So they would then make sure that you were out of business because you have to pay your taxes. So there was a lot of entrepreneurial uh, <laughs> initiatives. Everybody opens a coffee shop and, and then oh, you have to pay your taxes. So law enforcement version of them. And uh, then you start seeing a pattern that if the uh, restaurant started with a letter A, it belonged to a certain uh, group. Interesting. If there was all marble floors, it belonged to another group. Uh, so was it safe to go in, safe to, to not eat there? Uh, so it, it became very, very interesting. But everybody, everybody wants to talk. Everybody has a story. If you can find that hot button and click on it, and they will share their, you know, their experiences. And I became really good at asking questions. A guy wire is a tensioned cable that is designed to enhance the stability of a freestanding structure. Think of me as your guy wire. In terms of life skills mentoring, you're perfectly capable of standing stably on your own two feet. But I'm a cable that can enhance your stability. I'm available for individual or couples counseling, life skills mentorship, child loss, grief support, LGBTQ plus support. I can also officiate weddings, end of life ceremonies, baby namings, invocations, or whatever guidance you may need. I serve all genders, all ages. Sessions are affordable, discreet, private, and conducted online. Find me at guy-wire.org. Book your appointment today. Thank you.
can provide that to them. Um, um, I have the 10 most effective feel-good ice-breaking questions. Because if I can ask the questions and they're thought-provoking and they're, they're open-ended, the icebreakers, mm -hmm. we'll have a conversation. And from that conversation, it will lead to either a relationship uh, or a partnership. Like I'm having a conversation with you and I'm like, my God, she's good. Uh, I, I need to go and like, oh, he's always, you're, you're, you're living this, you're living the parable of the pencil. And I'm like, my gosh, he's doing the four levels of awareness. When I was over there, I, I believe that there's four levels of awareness. There's uh, environmental awareness, yep. situational awareness, self-awareness to the top, which is legacy awareness. Yep. So for me, environmental awareness is a moment in time where you and I yep. discover, experience something new. Well, when I was on my interrogator course, Henry, that was something new yep. that I did not know of, yep. right? Right. Now, when I went as a contact handler, when I went back to spy school in the UK, I learned about something I, I discovered, experienced something new. I did not know about the world of, of a contact handler. Situational awareness is a moment in time where you get to apply what you've discovered and experienced in environmental awareness. So quite often we go to school for environment but then, and then we go to our job and situation. Uh, we need more training, go back to environment, right. back to situation, uh, more. And then you, you just keep on going through environment and situation because you lack self-awareness. Self-awareness is the moment in time where you you discover your 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 vision, if you wish, your passion, your pourquoi. Uh, it, it's where you find your strength and it's where you can protect yourself from yourself. That's right. right? And then self-awareness is is key because at the end, how do you leave a legacy? When you have a strong sense of self, you can go to environmental awareness situation, but if you keep on going through these two, you have what I call a TED moment, and you know, tem uh, temporary enthusiasm disorder, and you go back to environment, situation, and environment, because you don't have that self-awareness. And once you have that self-awareness, oh, your strengths will carry you. Your lowest traits should concern you. Okay, cool. Key success is finding your lowest trait. You no, know, not to become that, but at least to have life balance. But once you have that self-awareness, you can really look at legacy. And what is legacy? Well, I define it as a moment in time where everything that you've invested in your life outlives your life. Mm. You're, you're leaving a legacy in those three areas, those three associations, right? And I'm like, I want to spend a little bit more time with Henry. Spain, I'm like, I've never been Come to Spain. Come on out, brother. Come on out. I mean, it's 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 a very special and and magical place. You know, you were talking about the uh, uh, Reinhold's uh, list on his calendar of all the festivals, all the feasts of the saints and everything else. I have those tagged in my Google calendar, not because I'm a religious person. I'm not. But I, I live in a culture that is. And for me to understand my neighbors, the colleagues and friends that I'm meeting here, I need to understand the rhythms that are there. My tiny little village has a festival almost every week. <laughs> you know, they're parading the saints through the street. I mean, they're even parading the saints to pray for rain in the most ancient primordial human gesture of, of you know, asking for what you want. You have to ask for, Cameron used to say, Papa, if you ask for what you want, there's a 50% chance that you'll get it. But if you don't ask for what you want, 
there's a hundred percent chance that you won't get it. And aren't fifty percent odds much better? He was mm -hmm. 12, 11, 12 years old when he said that. Figure that out. Oh my gosh. So these everything that you mentioned, every single thing on that list is an essential human life skill. Everything. And we are not taught at home. We're not taught at school. We're not taught in our work. And it's left to us, lost travelers, to, to find those crossroads, to find those markers throughout our lives. And those, to me, when you find them, you're, all, you're the only one who can recognize that you need to elevate those skill levels that you are deficient. That's the self-awareness part. You have, you're the only one who can recognize that you're deficient. No one on the earth can point a finger at you and say, you're deficient in this. No, you, you have to recognize it yourself. And, and when you do, that automatically, effortlessly raises the skill set in every life skill. And when I say life skill, like we said, communication, I'm also talking about financial literacy. I'm talking yes. about emotional literacy. I'm talking about grief, I'm talking about hygiene and nutrition, self-care, right? I'm talking about sexual literacy. I'm talking about every aspect in the human experience that all 8 billion on the planet experience today. We're deficient in some, I would venture to say many, and we're proficient in the ones that we have invested in. And so that's what we do by finding people like yourself, like me, like others in the world who have some of these tools, have mastered some of these tools. Yeah, right. You, you, can, you, you just can them. when you I'm laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, we got so much we can cover. Uh, I know, I know. We're gonna have to do a part two because it's already been an hour and a half, and I can't even. Oh my god! Because as you were talking, I'm like during <laughs> COVID. You know what? I like. I like creating new things, new products. And I was asking myself. I was working with a client, and uh, he wasn't doing his homework. You know, it's like, uh, okay, you want me to be a coach? You want to go into the speaking lane? So, uh, okay, not a problem. Like we're, you know, there's seven different form of revenues. Like we're, but there's a homework assignment that you have to do. But then he was he would not do the homework assignment. And then he would say, you know what's missing at uh, company so-and-so? They don't have anything on this. They don't have anything on that. And he kept on repeating himself over and over and over. And he was referring to that. Uh, they don't have anything on goal setting uh, based on, uh, on on the model, based on, on personalities. Right. And, I, and then I got I got I'm like, well, do you want to keep on talking about this or do you want to do something about this? Thank you. Like I just went firm. And he goes, I want to do something about this. So now he is a co-author of the goal setting by personality styles. Uh -huh. So when you're talking, there's a there's a wheel, there's a back wheel, and there's a front wheel. And the front wheel deals more with your, your personal goals in life. The back wheel, that's more of the business side of things. It's more of like, like how do you make a living? And when you're doing the assessment, I know I'm just showing it to you on the screen. You'll mm -hmm. see that you know the front wheel is not so bad, but I got a little bit of flat tire here and a flat Great. tire there. But the back wheel, oh my gosh, I got, I'm like, this, it's not running smoothly because of, of how this is done. Sure. And now I, I can actually go back and uh, redo the, the questionnaire. And what I found fascinating is that based on your persona, goal setting is either positive or negative. Mm -hmm. Some like it, some hate it. 
And I thought, well, maybe there's something in there in regards to if you had an idea of your, your, your preferred communication style, your persona, we could learn how to protect yourself from yourself. Some can do it alone. Others have to be in a group. Some need to talk it out. Some need to think things through. And it's like, isn't that interesting? So not to, to have a, a, a retreat, you know, the ultimate goal setting retreat where you can go and just start dreaming again. Uh, of what right. life could be, of finding that want, that vision, and then protecting yourself from yourself in regards to this. So that's happened in COVID. Something positive came out. I started teaching at the Ottawa University. Something positive came out. Right. And the reach became a little bit more global. Um, I found a team to assist me uh, in regards to, uh, um, for the message. And because there's you know, social media, I, I don't want to do that. I want to have somebody else do that. And I have somebody, so we 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 build what you haven't. Well, maybe you've seen, but the 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 website of the retired spy that's the fifth one. Wow! Yeah, it's they're the always evolving. One. Yeah, it's evolving. It's the first one that's really branded as the retired spy. As a, I always envisioned it black, black and white. You know, something yeah. like that. The website's red. all black and white. I love it. Yeah, uh, and and then it's like, oh, and then this one got it. Like she went through and she you know, she got it, and and it was it was fun. And now I have to have it bilingual because it's just, you know, well, okay, that's a different event. But I don't want to do a lot of this. But she has those skill sets, and it's finding people that sup that can take care of your blind spots and can get the message across. The point here is that there's a part in there that uh, you know how you 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 got uh, you're, you're you're being you're nominated in two areas. I was informed that I'm a recognized global authority. And I'm like, I don't see myself at, because I'm still on that journey. Right. Toward your legacy. But, no, but, yeah. but you're a three-time award-winning speaker. I, I compete in those to force me to, to do the homework and this because I don't want to look bad and I want to have a message and I want to make a difference. So I can I, I go and I do this and the last one I just did in May, I was like, let's get back into this because now we're doing back live events. And I titled it, How to Navigate, How to Successfully Navigate Hostile Environments Using the F Word. Mm. And it was like, what? So, <laughs> and I make fun of myself in there. Oh my gosh. And it's like, uh, there's a great story of, uh, for another time, but uh, I don't feel obligated. I actually said that to my wife. I don't feel obligated answering all your questions. And I was like, well, that didn't go well. I, yeah, I engineered my own hostile environments with the words that I chose to use. So. Right. Well, words have power and words are frequency. And this is the thing, you know, every, every word we speak, every thought we think is a frequency that other people will pick up on. And sometimes it's unspoken. Sometimes you can only see it in the eyes or in the body language, as you know, right? These are all tools that we can use. Hey, are you like me, always looking for ways to make a positive impact in the world? Well, then join me in sponsoring Desire Child Care Organization. We are a legally incorporated, fully volunteer-based organization in Uganda, committed to providing essential needs, holistic arts-based education, and a safe family environment to 33 vulnerable children, ages 2 to 14. Your monthly sponsorship can help improve the lives of these kids. 
toward a better future. Desire Childcare is different from any other charity I know because, well, we have zero administrative overhead. Every penny goes to the kids. And we have a plan toward self-sufficiency through agriculture. So support is temporary. It's kind of like a, a leg up. Visit DesireChildCare.org to learn more and get involved. Let's empower and inspire the Desire Kids together. Thanks. I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, yes, what you're I'm, going to ask a question. I'm going to ask you a question. See, you're a good listener. Look at that. He listened to, to previous uh, episodes and he uh, scared me. It, it scared me. In this season, uh, they're thought-provoking questions. Yeah. And they're always left by the previous co-host without knowing who the next co-host is going to be. But somehow, 100% of the time, they turn out to be just the right question for this particular host. So here's your question. And then I want you to think of a question for the next one, just intuitively. Your question is, when was the last time you went out of your comfort zone did it feel good or bad did it give you any insight into yourself it's actually three questions but yeah when was the last time you went out of your comfort zone well it, it was the the main event um, um i lived all my life in the shadows when i was in high school I played sports. Uh, it was legal in football to hit people. Uh, <laughs> and was, so in practice, I hit a lot of people. You hit more people in practice than you do in a game. Um, and uh, in my last year, um, I won defensive lineman of the year. So I, and I also won the uh, athlete in the shade. Uh, you had the athlete of the year, but you have athlete in the shade. And then they explained what the athlete in the shade represent that you're always there like you're the first one there you're the last one to leave um every practice uh, i have to hitchhike back home so that was 22 kilometers every night mm -hmm. uh, and so in the morning you were there but then and then you know rain or shine um and they rewarded me for being in the shadows being in the not looking at the limelight but always being in the shadows and maybe they programmed me at a very young age that it's safe to be in the shadows Maybe that brought me interest in into the whole intelligence yeah. uh, shadows uh, of uh, of the world. Uh, but I spent most of my time there. When I transited out of the military, um, I got into the speaking lane. So as a as a trainer, as a coach, as, and then I was asked to keynote to to open a a uh, conference. And that's being on the stage, on the spotlight. Mm. And uh, that was scary. And it's still, like, I don't, um, it doesn't jazz me. I don't look for the stage. I understand it's part of, I have to step into the spotlight, you know, from the shadow. We all at one point, we live in the shadow. By one point in life, you're going to have to step out of the shadow. Uh, oh, my gosh, I wrote a a book on that from the shadows to the spotlight wow talk about the question being right yeah we'll uh, put that a link to your book in the description. Uh, well no, I, well no we will but yeah but that's it, interesting it, it, it's really it interesting. Became a, 
it became a best an international bestseller, but not because of me. I just wrote a chapter. Uh, I wrote my story in there, and I have the parable of the pencil in there. Uh, but anyways, um, um, I can send the chapter to anybody that, that wants to have a copy of it. Mm. But that whole thing of uh, putting myself in that spotlight. So in the last time was May, the first week of May, when I decided to go back and to do a brand new 20-minute, uh, almost like a TED X or a mm -hmm. TED talk. Mm -hmm. uh, the shorter it is, the harder it is. Now there's a hundred people, and then uh, the day before they say you're going to be the first speaker. <laughs> so you know, so yeah, and it's still hard for me, uh, but it's good for me because it it sharpens. You know, your um, and when I was on that stage, you know, I I was prepared to do. And I did something different. I sat on the stool to to, to start calmly, right. and then then I did the the presentation. And what became very scary is that I was coming up with new content as I was speaking. And don't do it. Don't start sharing it because because they they, they give you they that they want that twenty minute. Right. So the last so that was as much as I. I need to get out of the shadows and to do those. Um, it's still very hard uh, for me, um, but I, it has to be about them. Yeah. Right? When you're on the stage, you have to look bad. They have to look good. Now, here's what not to say. So you humble yourself and I'm better for it. I'm better for the stretch, for the sharpening, if you wish. And I can make a difference. I can leave a mark. And in those areas, so um, yeah, it would be the May of 2023, the first week of May 2023, when I went back on the stage for the first time since COVID, four years. And after after it was over, how did you feel? Did it feel good? I felt, it weird? I felt, I felt relief. Yeah, <laughs> done. Check mark done. Uh, and then uh, at the end, um, the, the audience voted me as the top presenter so i got recognized for all the work and all the effort and that was very uh humbling um because i also liked a lot of the other uh talk yeah. in there and i became a three-time award-winning speaker at that point uh and then the the web developer you know your whole team oh you're a recognized global authority now yeah. uh, so yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, that stuff doesn't matter to me. All the log, you know, the applause and the, the awards and all that stuff. Uh, I appreciate it. It's nice to know, to get that reflection back that you're, what you're putting out there has worth and that people find it valuable and people are listening and they appreciate. But I'm, you know, I, I'm with you with, you know, it's it's not about what I get from it. It's not about my legacy. It's about the fun part comes after when right. they come to you. You really, oh, you really touch a, a core. Oh my gosh, that's so me when you're talking about this. Yeah. Oh, that's so her when she, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. That's fun to hear. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, well, here's a gift. You know, here's a, um, um, I have what I call a spy coin, right? A decoder coin. Mm -hmm. So, and, and then, and then I, I gave that. Uh, to to them 
and they go and it's very heavy and and it's just it has it has a link to the website it's like it's i, I call it a decoded coin and if you use this and if you train in the model you can decode one's preferred communication style so it's a useful we have decoder rings so this is a little spice stuff at decoded coin so i came up with that okay. and, and then she goes my gosh how much money do you make to give these to people because it's very heavy yeah like a, that's like well a business card you'll just throw it away that's but right this one you know I, I use it to mark my ball when i play golf and it becomes a very good conversational piece and, right. and then she goes oh my gosh can i get another one because she has a friend oh, sure and it just becomes a touch point but i think it's the after uh of See, I don't care what you do, as long as you do something with it afterwards. Right. Like I really, um, I have this saying, um, uh, you know, the word care. Yeah. Word care. Now, when somebody asks you, JJ, do you care about people? I know, Henry, I know the politically correct answer. I know what I'm supposed to say. I'm supposed to say yes. yes. But can I be truthful? If I could just be me, not be judged. The word care doesn't resonate with me. So quite often, early on, because I've learned not to say it, early on, I, just, I, don't, I don't care. I don't give a rip. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And people take offense. Mm. Then one day, somebody asked me, I was on my NLP, Neurolinguistic Programming Practitioner course, mm -hmm. and they put me in front of the stage, and we were together, and they said, JJ, do you care about people? Like, I, like, mm, <laughs> I know what I'm supposed to say. But I thought it was a safe environment because right. it's 125 hours to be on this course. We got 100 hours in. They know we know each other now. So, well, I don't give a rip. And the audience turned like that. They went, oh, can you say that? He said that they go best. Can you say that? And I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. Just, just, just run me over, back up the truck, run me over. Then he goes, JJ, can I ask you another question? Okay. Yeah. What? Whatever. Do you value people? And without even, a menu of a second right that was like of course i value people i wouldn't be in this business if i didn't value people i don't know if they got it but i got that the word cares more on the people side yeah the word value is more on the task side of life yes, yes, so yes, yes. it has the same intent it's just different and that's where most people get a lot of these character building moments they're not talking the same language because it's a left hemisphere and a right hemisphere I'm so glad you're talking about this because I, I have experienced this in my circles around the words loss, death, bereavement, right? July is Bereaved Parents Awareness Month. And there are whole communities of people of bereaved parents, networks, and things like that. I'm not bereft. I'm sorry. I, I don't feel... Like, I feel like I've I've moved through that. I don't resonate with that. Bless the people who do. Bless the people who, who find the only solace in calling their experience loss and death. To me, they're very heavy. They sound final. Mm. But what I know to be true, and this isn't an opinion, this is fact, that everything is energy and frequency. Everything from my coffee cup to your decoder ring, you know, to to you and me and and my beautiful house and all of it. It's just energy. It's just frequency. Those things cannot be created or destroyed. They just change their form, right? 
they just change their form, change their intention, if you will. So what does that mean for death? Well, death isn't a thing. Death is illusion. It's a lie. When somebody stop their physical body stops working, what happens then? They just transform into a different mode of, of being. And it's up to us who are left here in the physical to figure out that frequency, like tuning a radio. Sometimes it's a very small gesture to find it, right? Nothing dies if it's alive in your heart and in your memory. When you're thinking about it, it's very much alive. When you're living in your memory, in fact, everything past, everything past only lives in your memory, in your imagination. And that imagination may be different for somebody else who was there and experiencing the same moment with you. They may have experienced it in a very different way. Just like the future, even 10 minutes from now, only lives in our imagination. This is it, kid. This moment. It all hinges on this moment and the infinite peacock tail of possibilities surrounding this moment. All you've got to do, your only responsibility is to choose. To choose one and head toward that point B. Yeah. When you arrive at that point B and it doesn't feel safe and you don't feel happy and it doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel right, then you're probably right. And it magically transforms into a new point A surrounded by infinite possibilities. All you have to do, do the is next do. right thing. Right. So, so that's where I boiled it down to the essential. And I'm actually working on a new lexicon of grief so that we could start talking about these things in a more hopeful and positive light. Not that the loss of our kids or the you know, demise of our children is a, is a light, positive thing. It's not, it sucks, I'll tell you. It, it's not an easy thing. You have to recommit every day to be here. <laughs> but, and it's a big but, this is not an and, it's a but, it, it 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 really uh it's proven to be over and over and over and over again that once you recognize the power that you have to make positive change you can't affect everything else around you other than affecting yourself it's like the pencil right it's that inner part of yourself that is everything so you don't have to care about everything else. You have to care about the health of what's inside of you. It's like a tree builds up bark around itself to protect its vital core. And so we need to build up our bark to protect ourselves from the elements. We, sometimes it's protecting ourselves from ourselves, as you say. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So listen, I, I want you to leave a question for the next co-host. That's the other, that's the flip side of our coin. Describe a defining moment that has characterized your life. Beautiful. Defining, yeah. What is your defining moment that characterized your life? Yeah. Great. Great. JJ, Jean-Jacques. So great, so great. We will do this again. I'm gonna call this a special 
because it was very special and uh I, I can't believe it's already been almost two hours of, of spending time with you so it's uh it's it's wonderful to connect and we will stay connected i'm sure um i'll put all the the good links in the in the description for our listeners and um i want to thank you for your time i want to thank you for your your darkness into light journey and it's been uh, a real privilege to to sit with you my pleasure henry uh i've learned a lot and uh, you're fascinating. And for me, um, yeah, your journey also and the, the positive impact that you choose to make. Uh, I want to surround myself more with that type of influencers out there. So thank you for the opportunity uh, to be uh, a guest on your podcast. Congratulations again on the nomination and I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, it, it's, it's humbling uh, to be nominated. Um, it's, it's an honor, you know, we're recognized for our craft. Just, it's an indicator, it's a full sign, right? That we're on the right track. You're doing the right thing, stay the course. Just Valid stay the course. Validation. Um, you're doing great work, stay the course. So with that, thank you very much, sir. Uh, and uh, I'll follow up with you and send you a few uh, documents uh, that maybe could add value versus sending them to a, a bookstore. Okay, Not great. Would love, that. would love that. Thank you for that. And uh, it's, uh, it's very exciting. We'll, we'll, we'll keep this conversation going for sure. Excellent. Perfect. Thank you, Henry. You've been listening to season four of the Lost Traveler podcast with Henry Cameron Allen. Visit me online at henryallen.org. Thank you to my guests and thank you for tuning in. Let's keep striving for a better world together.